Welcome to Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. Today, we're esteemed flesh is going to be James Robert Webb, who just dropped a brand new album today. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Thanks for coming on the show. How's everything going? You hunkering down? I'm, uh, yeah, hunkered down with the coronavirus. I mean, I don't have the coronavirus, but just keeping everybody else and my family safe. I understand. Like, I'm sure you, you and your listeners are. Yes, we're doing our best, my friend. We're doing our best. Congratulations on this hot new album, man. Thanks, man. I just... Uh, just saw we're number we're in the top 100 on the country iTunes album chart, so that's something. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, yeah, but you were you were climbing up the charts last night in the pre-buys. You were already pre-ordered. I think you hit uh, 10 or 11 last night on the pre-ordered. Yeah, I, yeah. It looked like I, I know yesterday when we checked on or when I checked on the pre-order, it was like number 39 on the pre-order. So. Which was pretty cool. Yeah. It, it was it was it was climbing up really well, and I'll tell you what, it's really cool when people anticipate buying a new album, and you know that doesn't happen very often too much anymore. No, you know, and you hit the nail on the head because that's a, it's a huge risk to do an album these days for an independent artist because everybody's all singles and two song EPs or whatever. Yeah. So, so what? Uh, tell me a little bit about the album, my friend. So it. Uh, it's self-titled James Robert Webb, and uh, was produced by Buddy Cannon. And it's about half half songs that I wrote and half songs that we found. Uh, and some of those were songs that Buddy had. Some of those were you know found from other writers and stuff. So it's really just a you know it's a, to me it's just kind of a modern take on traditional country. You know, it's definitely uh, more traditionalist roots, uh, but you know, it still sounds modern. I mean, people always, that's what people are trying, we're always trying to like reinvent the 90s, right? The 90s country was probably like the last time when there was just such universally great country gold out there. Um, and I guess we've, we've had a lot of supportive radios so far. We've, uh, the third single here, Think About It, has actually just became the third consecutive top 40 of Music Row. Uh, so, but at least small town radios is playing it. <laughs> Yeah, and well, the thing with this is, I think this album has a little bit for everybody, though. I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna kind of agree with you, disagree because I heard some the sound of the '90s part. You could hear a little bit of Tim McGraw type style in there and things like that. But I think that you have some traditional country in there. You have some old school country. You have, uh, you know, some modern with a different take on it. I like, I like the composition of way you've worked some of the songs. Really like April May. That's a really good song. And, and and then you go to Tulsa time and you really could you put a nice spin on it, but you know, it it's it's structured that you still keep it re- real. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, Tulsa time, you know, I love Western swing. I grew up in Tulsa and so, you know, home of Bob Wills, basically, right? Right. <laughs> and it's always there's something about Western swing, you know, it was definitely before my time, but there's just something about it to me just like uh I don't know, like, it's just happy music, you know, it's just like an antidepressant, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's fun, it's dance music, and it's still, people still get out and dance to it when you play it, so, and Tulsa Time is a great song that everybody loves, and every bar band in the world plays, and if you're in lower Broadway, you're going to hear that a couple of times an hour, probably, <laughs> but we wanted to, you know, come up with a different take, so I, on, for, on the producer side, I really like to, uh, you know, reinvent things or repurpose them, you know, and uh, kind of like Rick Rubin, I guess, and 
so Buddy and I were really wanting to do a uh, do a Western swing song, and uh, we were thinking about redoing like an old Bob Wills one, but uh, Buddy came up with that idea because Tulsa time. So that's that a Don was, Williams uh, that song, right? It was Don Williams. It was written by his guitarist Danny Flowers, and uh, it's been covered a lot. I mean, Eric Clapton has a great cover. Danny Flowers has a great uh, version of it too, and so. Um, they're all kind of you know there are different there are different takes, but I think this is probably the probably the most 180 degree take to it. But it, it goes to to me it goes to show that a great song uh, will flourish with different interpretations. You know, like back in the you know back when I was a baby, or like before you know, like back in the 60s and 70s, and 80s, like people would have these songwriters would write these great songs and people would cover them in different genres like you might have you know Willie Nelson's always on my mind you know being covered in different genres or these all the songs uh, and so I love songs that transcend genres and I think Tolstein's definitely one of those yeah I like I like your interpretation of it I think it came out really well and Thank you. you know you you don't you don't bend it and break it and twist it and not you put your own little taste on it yeah yeah, thank you. Yeah, that that's really good. What are you showcasing on here, my friend? Because you got some really good songs on here. I got a couple of favorites I've listened to, but I mean, uh, what are you showcasing on here? What am I showcasing on here? Uh, you know, like, are you going to play something? No, no, no. I mean, which pick, is, which, which ones? Are, which ones are you looking at right now, highlighting as you putting out? I mean, I know you put out the whole album, and I've listened to probably yeah. I've, I've listened to two thirds of the album today. And I listened to three or four songs last night, so I'm, I'm, I'm just about right through it. Um, I just wanted to know what is going to be the primary songs you're focusing on out of this album. Well, you know, I don't know as far as releasing a single or anything, but I, I think if you look at this album and, like, my influences, um, I mean, this is a very traditional, traditionalist country album, you know, neo-traditional country album. Uh, I like a lot of different influences. I like rock. I like hip hop. I like all kinds of things. But I just really want to make a, a super traditional uh, album. And I think you can hear, like April May, you mentioned is is one that definitely is a more modern, like a you know kind of a current, single, more of a rock uh, rock country fusion kind of thing, uh, but not like heavy rock. Uh, now we're getting somewhere, and I was the one or both. Uh, throwback songs that were written back in the 90s by, you know, big writers. Now we're doing somewhere was written by Taylor Dunn and Sean Camp and Lynn Marble and uh, actually at Forerunner Records. So when they gave us the lyric sheet, it's actually like an old type written in block print format lyric sheet, which is pretty cool. And then, Wow, uh, that's, that is cool. Yeah. I I Was the One was written by uh, by Bob McDill and, uh, and Paul Harrison, I think. Uh, and that's a that's another one that's probably 20 years old because, you know, Bob's in the Hall of Fame has been retired for like 20 years. So that was one that Buddy had had and had played for everybody, but it had just really kind of cut with him. I love, I love the melody in that, uh, in that chorus or the release section. Somewhere in the night. Yeah, that's, really that, cool. that is a great song. Now, and two of the songs that jumped out at me that, that uh, were there, and, I, and, and, and you, you sound great even over an interview. <laughs> but, oh, um, I, 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 and it's funny, I'll say this. I love you. I love you plus me is one of the songs yeah. you have written. Um, yeah, it is. And give me, give me a, give me a backstory on that. You know, I love you and me of all the songs that have been released since last night. That's the one that has, I think, the most spin. Uh, 
new overnight. I think it has like 1,600 streams on Spotify or something. So I don't know. Uh, uh, somebody's mentioned it or something. Uh, I Love You and Me was just kind of an idea that I had come up with because you, know, you have all these love songs. And now you write a new love song and say something that hasn't been said before. Uh, and, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, it's, to me, it's like the, the song that says, you know, I'm, I'm full in this relationship. You know, it's like, it's not just I love you. Uh, it's, you know, I love us, you know, the, the two of us together. Uh, and so that's, that's really where that idea came. And uh, we just kind of tried to ride this country. Good. But I think you could kind of have, that's almost one of those songs that you could bring out. And I, I really feel it could be in every honky-tonk in, in every place across the country because there's tons of people. It's a great line for a guy. <laughs> yeah. It's a great line Absolutely. for a guy. We all need those lines, man. We need those songs to help us get the ladies. <laughs> right. and, but it's also one to, to show some appreciation. I think that could be that could be an instant classic. Oh, thanks. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the, for those that haven't heard it yet, the twist in the lyric is, you know, like the guy's talking about all these things that he likes. And, uh, you know, usually it's the thing the guy would say that they love, like football or whatever. But, you know, the contrast is, you know, I like all these things, but I love even Yeah, that is, I, I, I think, and I'll tell you this, I think I picked my, uh, I think that, that come to probably the top of the list. And along with it, I'm going to completely go a different way because I like think about it a lot, but... I love you plus me, and I think the other one besides April May that really goes into it is Undertow, which is completely different. I'm so glad you mentioned that um, because when I started talking about my influences, that's I was going to Undertow, but I didn't really make it back around. And <laughs> I beat you to it, brother. Sorry. The, <laughs> no, I mean when we—that's uh, my fault. You know, when we were doing the album list, we actually had Undertow and I Love You and Me reversed because we felt that. I Love You and Me is a really strong, you know, probably a uh, you know, big popular song. Right. And Undertow is towards the back. But um, Undertow, time and again, every time we go back and listen to it, you know, Buddy would say, he, you know, Buddy can would just say, you know, that he just really loved that song. And there's there's something about it. To me, it's, uh, that's pure James Robert Webb as a product of uh, loving the weird George Strait and weird Garth Brooks songs, uh, unconventional, different songs with strange chord progressions. Um, and this song too, if you're a musician, especially a drummer, I uh, should love it. I, I think of it as being written in, uh, 12, excuse me, 12, eight, but, uh, it was really fun to record because the musicians were all just, it has, at one side, it's got the feel of, like, being a 6'8", you know, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And it also has four beats, basically, in grooving of said words before. Anyway, no, without getting too technical musically, there's a lot of range of play that uh, the musicians really had a lot of fun in playing against those kind of rhythmic, subtle variations. And I love singing against, like, uh, you know, like, pushing and pulling the time with my voice. Uh, what I'm doing, and then then the chord progression is just kind of this uh, descending '70s pure songwriter. My interpretation of that. So I just kind of like everything about that. And then thematically, Undertow to me is kind of like I think when we were writing this day, uh, I kind of came up with that chord progression, and I wrote that with Alex Dooley. And I was like, you know, I'd like to write something kind of like uh, Don Henley's Boys of Summer. You know, one of those uh, right, you know, Unrequited Love or 
Well, I, I, and the song so far, I mean, it's crazy already. I mean, this song has, this this song just came out last night, but one of the reviewers that reviewed it um, already actually, you know, their interpretation of that song that they talk, were thinking about somebody that they, like their family member they lost, which I thought was just, you know, I love when people interpret things different, 180 degrees from what, what you think when you put out. Well, what was the basis of the song and your idea of it? You know, if we look at the the side of when you were writing it, uh, I think it was written with uh, written with Alex Dooley. Yeah. So tell me. With, so, uh, yes, yeah, undertow. So, so give us an idea to kind of what we, what you're thinking when you're sitting there penning this. I think I think when I came up with the chord progression, I was probably trying to write something like those '70s songwriter singer songwriter thing, and being from Tulsa. Um, one person who I really got into this songwriting was uh, Leon Russell. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And so, like, <laughs> was a, a song for you by Leon Russell, right? Like, uh, well, I actually don't hear any sign here. Like, uh, I can't hear you very well. I can't hear you very well. That kind of progression. Right. Uh, which is a diminished. And, so, in, in the, the chord structure like that has different roots. You know, to the chord, like the bass, you know, not the conventional bass note. Uh, and that's, you hear that also in songs like Paul McCartney's Maybe I'm Amazed. And there's in so many, you know, James Taylor songs, there's so many songs that are like that. And uh, I was just kind of playing around with that type of a chord progression and then went in the other room to write on Skype and pick up my guitar and try and do it that way. And that's how the song So I think you kind of had, and I was just going to say that now you beat me to the punch. I was going to have it like a Taylor meets Clapton kind of meets Hanley kind of meets Garth somewhere in the middle. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I, mean, I, love, I love all that stuff. And, you know, when I first started writing in Nashville, I had a, had a guy that I was writing with. And a lot of the stuff I would write, as any time when you start writing, you're kind of a, what I would call karaoke of your influences. Much like when a singer starts singing, they're singing by kind of impersonating People, sure. you know, singers of the like until you find your own voice. And the, the advice I got was to go and look at, uh, you know, look at the people that you, your influences, but go and look at who influenced them. And I think if you like look at those kind of grandparent influences, uh, like who who influenced Garth Brooks, and who influenced James Taylor, and who influenced Prince and Queen and, and everybody, you really start to get into, uh, you know, you start to see how they kind of melded things together, and then you know you find your own way. So who did you listen to growing up? Gosh, you know, I listen to everything. I mean, people say that, but I, and I get kind of irritated when people say that, and then, <laughs> then, they're, then they're, <laughs> they don't really listen. You know, I listen to, uh, gosh, let's just, you know, I started, the first thing I remember listening to is Sleepwood Mac Rivers and Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, because my mom had some eight tracks of those when I was little, and that's what I listened to on. That's a great, that's great groups, man, right there. I mean. Absolutely. I can remember riding around with my dad playing Marshall Tucker band. You know, I thought Fire on the Mountain was a multi-week number one. Nice. Little kid. <laughs> uh, you know, we would hear things like, uh, you know, KBOO in Tulsa, the great country station that Bob Wilson broadcasts on. I mean, they play like, even, you know, 20 years ago, they were still playing like Marty Robbins, El Paso, like every. It's just, you know, just a lot of great classic music that way. When I would go to my grandma, she'd have, you know, the, uh, he stopped loving her today on Shepard oh, Vinyl. Yeah. She just seemed like that's the only thing she ever played. <laughs> um, and then as I got older and started buying my own stuff, uh, I think the first 
I want my bought in Columbia House with Paco. Do you remember that? Was it put on the wrist? Yes, yes, I do. And that wasn't a great, you know, that wasn't a great investment. But uh, the <laughs> best from that early, you know, eight or nine year old, I think it was like uh, the first album that really hit me that I listen to to this day and love is the Police Synchronicity. Awesome uh, album. Yeah, I mean, just fantastic. And then I, you know, grew up listening to contemporary Christian music and rock and heavy metal. Uh, you know, there was a, probably two years when I was in junior high or high school where I didn't listen to anything but Christian music. So there's still some, uh, I still have some knowledge gaps of uh, like what was popular music from that time, which is kind of funny. But uh, like Petra or uh, like even like some old, old Petra or Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, some of those writers. Oh, yeah. Which a lot of those were natural too. Right. Uh, and then, you know, I was Nine Inch Nails and Steely Dan. I got into Steely Dan when I was in college really big because I was a, I was a jazz music. Like I played, I was all state jazz piano player when I was in high school. Nice. And, uh, so I like really uh, cerebral music, not necessarily lyrics, but uh, the music. And for me, it always had to kind of have a group. So Prince and George Clinton, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, just in the last few years, I've, I've listened to a lot of uh, you know, like a lot of pop in Nashville. Uh, you know, Nashville songwriters turned pop, like Katy Perry and, and uh, Taylor Swift, and uh, and really, I just kind of go back and mind mind the influences. It's just there's really just too many to mention. You know, there was this period right. in high school when all hair bands, and I couldn't stand what was on the radio, so I just went and arbitrarily started getting albums that were from when I was born in see you make a uh, video to uh, Undertow. I would love to see a video on that. Um, it's funny you mentioned love that. To do that. You're, you're the second artist this week that has mentioned the Marshall Tucker Band. Just to let you know. Mm. So, <laughs> so the second I mean, artist we've interviewed this week that's brought up the Marshall Tucker Band. But, <laughs> I got to play with them on stage uh, I think in 2016, 2017 at the Ryman. Nice. I benefit. And, uh, you know, meeting Doug Oh, 
Oh, it's a great thing that comes on the radio. It just it's just one of those things that comes on the radio, you can just rock out to it instantly. Oh, I know. Now now let me ask you a question on on that note. If I went into your top five right now, what you're listening to on your Rolodex of music, what would I listen to right now? If we if we sat down and we had a drink right now and of course stayed six feet apart. <laughs> and what Absolutely. What 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 would what would be what would we listen to do right now? Well, I'm going to filter out my uh, my youngest daughter's iPod is broken, so she's sharing her sister's old one, which is like under my same uh, <laughs> under my same login. So I've got like things like Julie Michaels' Nervous System and the Victorious Cast and NSYNC <laughs> that she's loaded up there. Right on. But uh, last thing that I added here would be uh, a song by Petra uh, called uh, Road to Zion. It's like from 1982. Um, my mom's sick and I've been like uh, playing a lot of church music kind of things playing things for her uh, there's uh, Randy Rogers Hold My Beer uh, not for the reason you think the reason is because number 11 on that Hold My Beer volume 2 is the first song that had cut out from underneath me <laughs> we were going to cut is a song called Her which is just hilarious when that album comes out you have to check it out okay. um before, let's see, I've got Loggins and Messina setting an album, which nice. are just kind of listening through, because uh, Danny's song is one of my favorite songs of them. Uh, it's really, really cool album. Um, and then I also, I mean, this is this is a function of, of COVID and isolation and writing, so I'm going back through, you know, like I said, other people's influences. So here's one that everybody always talks about, The Stranger by Billy Joel. I've never listened to that album. So I'm just kind of listening through the... Uh, through the uh, songwriting and stuff. Uh, you know, my favorite, my favorite country event lately, which I hope is going to get the Grammy, is They Fooled Around and Fell in Love by Randy Lambert, All the Gals. You know that one, the Elvin Bishop song? Right. Fooled Around and Fell in Love. Right, which is Mickey from uh, A Starship and everything else is the lead singer from that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Miranda Lambert and... Uh, Randy Lambert and Maren Morris and Ashley McBride to Neil Town and I think uh, Kaylee Hammock and Bill King uh, did like a really cool version of that. I need so, to listen yeah. to that. I have not heard it. Yeah. Uh, I keep going down. I, you know, I've added, you know, Sweet sweet Dreams Are Made of This and Here Comes the Rain by the Rhythmics. Uh, nice. Waylon Jennings heard of Ruby because I'd never heard it and uh, you know, Kenny Rogers passed away. Uh Okay, so let me. So this is like kind of pre-COVID. Ozzy Osbourne's new album, "Ordinary Man," seventy-one years old, and my, you know, is people are going to argue that's not his best, you know, solo album. It's really good. It has the Post Malone song on it. Um, the Shawn Mendes album, he has been out the pop album that's got some great stuff on it. So that's great. That shows such a such a huge, you you know people like you said people say oh I listen to everything and eclectic, but that's a huge eclectic eclectic list of of songs, and that's what I think transcends into your writing because and into your new album which is out now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, make sure to check out James Robert Webb. Check it out now. It's out on all major platforms. I do believe to buy right. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want a physical copy, we've got some limited run of. Digipacks uh, on my on my uh, website, jamesriverweb.com. 
Yeah, you guys go make sure to check that out. Now, and I also want to make sure to point out, and I do this with every musician I've been speaking to recently because, you know, uh, you guys work so hard on an album and you guys work so hard on touring. And, you know, but the thing of it is, though, is the music business has changed. And, you know, if you guys don't play, you basically don't get paid per se. Yeah. And I want everybody to understand that and check that out because, you know, when you support these musicians that are working hard every day, to put, you know, and normally they're on the road and you go see them and you buy a ticket and merchandise and everything else. These guys right now are, are, are at home. So I want everybody to make sure, you know, yeah. when there's a good, when there's good music out there, you go check it out. And I mean, this is a, this is a very good album. Like I said, I've been through over two thirds of it in a couple songs last night. Um, but I definitely want, you know, people to understand that right now where you're at home, you have to work and take care of everything you have to take care of because things don't stop. You know, there's little things in the mail that come, those bills don't stop either. Yep, that's right. Uh, luckily, we've been able to. Uh, one good thing about this is that I've you know, written a lot, and uh, which is good. You, know, you don't have any other choice as far as on the music side, which you're going to rehearse and write. But yeah, got to support everybody. And then, you know, if there's anybody out there listening that wants me to come play for them, hit me up on social, you know, uh, Instagram or whatever. Maybe when it's all this craziness is gone, we'll, we'll come play in your neck of the well, I heard, I heard the rumor has it that, you know, that you're looking as soon as this settles down, that you're looking at possibly going on tour with this whole, you know, with this whole album deal, right? Yeah, I'd love to do that. Uh, we're just looking at booking. You know, we're right in the middle of trying to book everything when all this stuff hit. The whole live music industry uh, kind of shut down. Yeah, I, I was, right. I was, I was, uh, you know, I was talking to Zach and Aaron over at 117 and uh, Entertainment, and I appreciate them uh, setting this up. Um, and you know, and you know, it spoke very highly of you. And when I was going and checking out your music and everything else, and I saw, wow, I said, you know, you've had, you've had some really good, you know, three consecutive top forties. I mean, you know, end of the year with, you know, top 10 hits, you know, I mean, and everything else for 2019 and rolling up into yeah. number 24 on the hits and 43 on the billboard. That's really cool. Even, even, you know, you, you, you know, first song that is over a thousand Shazams. I mean, that's really cool stuff to turn yeah. out being, you know, and that's got to keep you keep your wheels spinning to keep the music coming. That's right. Absolutely. If you like it, you want to hear more, go, you know, go download, go buy t-shirts, whatever, you know, uh, get us, get us to come play at your place. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the more, the more people support us, the first, you know, first of all, there is the real monetary support thing of, you know, the, the more you buy albums, the more you buy t-shirts, the more you concert tickets, the more that supports the artist, but it also, you know, even if you don't, even if you're a kid with no money or whatever, just, you know, going out and saying, hey, I'll, you know, on social media and saying, hey, I'll like, you know, check out this song, I mean, that's that's huge for us, that keeps us going, that's fuel for the fire for the songwriter and the singers, so, even, you know, even if you can't, uh, you can't really, and there's not a lot you can do monetarily right now, so just go out there and share it on social, if you love it. Right, definitely. Now, let me ask you a question. In, in your writing, and I ask this to every singer-songwriter I, I, I get on the show and that we have, are you one of these writers that sits down and just pens out a song in a couple of hours, or or do you do it over time? Or how, what, what's your? Or do you have a mixed system? How do you do it? It's definitely mixed. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of songs that we bang out over you know, a couple of hours. Uh, there's a lot of songs that you know, we kind of write it and then you go and rewrite it and you rewrite it again. Obsess about, you know, one word or whatever. 
until it's just, you know, until it's done. Uh, and then some, some, sometimes I think some of the best ones just kind of get telegraphed from the universe, uh, and you get the, you know, the idea of it all, you know, pretty quickly and right in 20 minutes. That's, you know, that's something like April May, for example. Uh, that was, you know, I, that was pretty much written in 20 minutes when I woke up, I kind of woke up with the idea, but then I, you know, tweaked, you know, over the next couple of months, I, you know, it'd be in your head and you're like, think, well, this is a better line. That's a better line. Because the problem is, you, uh, as a writer, if you want the song to be the best, you don't ever want to settle for a group, you know, a great line. You can have a, you know, an even better line. Right. Well, I mean, and that's and and it's really a cool song. I mean, I I think here's here's the thing. I think you know. I mean, as, as you're going over it, I see you see a uh, diversity in your music, you know, from song to song, which I think is cool. You can definitely hear in some uh, parts of your album, you hear more of that. You you do have a jazziness to you and a bluesiness to you, and you do have that in your voice yeah. at, at times where sometimes I, I don't know if you realize sometimes you really do showcase it hard, and that's great to hear because you don't hear that a lot in country music. Yeah, um, you know the other thing is country music is like super auto tune, and so it's really hard to do bluesy kind of stuff on that. Uh, but I, I I get what you're saying on on the jazzy side too. I mean I think. Uh, Going beyond the, the typical, you know, one, four, five thing and the chord progressions, you know, it just brings interest to the ear, but it's also important not to overdo it and just find that, like, that thing that's interesting. What I like to do is kind of, like, if I was going to go back to, say, Steely Dan or Queen or just classical music is try to, you know, people think a, a bridge is often a departure, but I like to try to make different sections to be departures, you know, uh, so some of the... My favorite songs that I've listened to over the years are ones that the lift sounds like a completely different song. So right, I, I think your bridge kind of, kind of drop, trying uh, to, kind of brings it into a higher lead on, you know, kind of brings it up and it just carries it right through and over, legitimately as, as it is with a couple of songs you have. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, here, here's here's the thing. I I think that when you you know, I look at your album and, I, and what I've listened to of it, and I'll go over and I'll listen to it uh, several times over because I always do. But mixing things up on there, I think the best thing is is that when you listen to an album, you don't have all of the same thing. That's just my opinion. And I definitely feel that this album does not have all of the same thing. You can tell it's you for the most of the songs. Now, I like the part is that a couple of them, you kind of get definitely stretch it over to it sounds like wow you you reached into foreign territory and you did well at it yeah and 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 that's something that when somebody clicks on the radio most of them say oh man like i said that's billy joel or that's such and such but then all of a sudden when you hear a, a little bit different song and it says wow that's a, that's a little bit different change and i like that change but i think that if you go from undertow to i love you uh, i love you and me or i love you plus me on there there's a big stretch there And, yeah, yeah, and I, I mean that complimentary. I try to make things interesting. Pardon me? I like to make things interesting because I, I get bored listening to Alan. Yeah, well, I, I think that that's a, that's a, and I meant that complimentary. That's a good transition. You know, I mean, April, May to, to I love you plus me is kind of like a, is I love you plus me or I love you and me? <laughs> I love you and me, but it's, you know, like the title on the coding is like plus, plus sign. I guess that's my print influence or something. 
Okay, I just wondered. I, I didn't want to miss. I didn't want to misstate it, so I keep saying plus me because I was looking at it. But you're the writer, so I, would, <laughs> I wanted to ask you. <laughs> yeah. You know, but well, no, I really, I really do appreciate it, and, and it, I want to encourage everybody out, ladies and gentlemen. Lifebox Media Channel has James Robert Webb on right now. Go check out his brand new album, self-titled album out now. It dropped today. It's climbing up the charts. It's a really good album. And tell everybody where we can find you on social media. Try to make it easy, man. It's, it, but you do have to remember the name. It's James Robert Webb. So J-A-M-E-S-R-O-B-E-R-T-W-E-B-B. I love it. You know, sir, again, thank you so much for stopping by. I really appreciate it. It's wonderful having, wonderful having you on. When you know, I hope to have you back on again. And, uh, you know, when the touring starts or whatever else, or another album comes out or you drop something big, please come back and see us. Hey, I'd love to. I've had a lot of fun. Thanks for talking to me and getting to know me. And thanks for everybody out there listening. Yes, and by the way, are you are you on? Do you stop by your? You know, are you stopping by on your sites or anything else, or, or do you have any uh, you know home concerts or anything else going on? Are you planning to it? Yeah, I mean, we're doing uh, what, a lot of what we're doing now is like social takeovers for radio stations because we have a single out, and so like the next thing tonight, uh, I think we're doing a social takeover in a, for a station in South Carolina, I think, at six o'clock. So if you Go to my Facebook page or Instagram story. Uh, we'll be posting that here this afternoon from those ideas up. So. Oh, absolutely. I have, and I have no problem sharing other people's media trying to do it. So you guys go check it out. 6 o'clock tonight. And that's jamesrobertwebb.com. And all his social media is the same. And if he's out on a South Carolina station, you go make sure to listen to him, give him some love. And thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I had a great time. Thank you. Have a great night.